Hello, active and inactive listeners, you monarchs here to behold this swelling scene. I'm Madeline Waddle, and this is my colleague and artist in arms, Dob. Hello. We're back again with the next installment of Art's Much Ado About Nothing. Plus an interview with Pete Neptune, beekeeper extraordinaire, and the Prince Don Pedro. Tonight, we're looking at proposals, disguises, and romance. Here on the Horned Moon Presents. The Horned Moon Presents broadcasts on 96.5 KMEW. The Cat. Bringing up-to-date arts coverage to Milford Haven, Padua, Verona, Elsa, Noor, and the unincorporated area of Rome. Spend your Thursday down at Claude Krakowski's new studio for this week's Night at the Studio, the last in his Studio Rebuild series. Claude will be giving a lecture on the art of feng shui before allowing participants to arrange the studio's furniture in a variety of configurations for some hands-on experience. Cost is $140. Participants should be able to lift up to 80 pounds. At 5.30 p.m. this Saturday, head on out to Valmont's Hives for their first annual open hive night. The bees are hibernating, but the party will be hopping. Dancing to the musical stylings of local jazz favorites, the Peafowl, luxury snack bites featuring Valmont's collection of fine goat cheeses paired with wines from Cressida Vineyards. Then stick around for an auction of some of Agatha Valmont's personally curated Object de Arte, all featuring Humble Honeybee. On Valentine's Day, take your honey to the Lover's Labyrinth at Flatbush Park. Constructed by Arden Community College's art department, the labyrinth will guide you and your sweetheart through an elaborate path lined by sculptures celebrating the feeling of amore. If you don't have that love and feeling, you can join students at 10 p.m. that night for the destruction of the installation, followed by a bonfire. Both events are free. And side note, Dob, this event was organized by ART's own Celia Tittle. That girl is a dynamo. That is an understatement. I understand she's also currently collaborating with Mead Gander on a new act for Rosie. Go get him, girl. More arts discussion here on KMEW after this. Valentine's Day is coming up, folks. Don't let your honey down with another box of tired chocolates. Instead, come by Neptune's Honey to get one of our specially curated flavored honey collections. Get some sweet stuff for your sweet thing at Neptune's Honey, just down the Appian Way. Anyone would love to get some Neptune's Honey for Valentine's Day. Lots of honey for Arden County's honeys this year, Waddle. Between Agatha and Pete, it seems like there might be a battle of the bees. I think most people know that if you want quality, you have to go to the specialist. Neptune's for honey, Belmont's for cheese, and Dahlia's. But Arden County is definitely feeling the love these days. So many Valentine's activities. What will you and Rosaline be doing? I don't think I should let the listeners know our plans before we do, Waddle. Do you not have anything planned? We're homebodies. I don't think any of us has a real desire to go eat at the Elephant with every other couple in Milford Haven. We'll do something on the 17th when everyone else is staying home. What about you, Waddle? Any plans? Well, as with every Valentine's Day, 
Violet Cabbage and I will meet at the Wrath and Fire Roastery for mochas and our annual teddy bear exchange. Then I suspect it will be just another day for me. Moving on. Uh, congratulations are in order for the Diogenes Four placing second in the all-county mini hockey tournament last week. Thank you. We got a little flack from some listeners about including mini hockey tournament in our arts calendar last week, but as Eno Fardis tweeted, mini hockey really is more of an art than a science. I think that's true, but dude, change your Twitter handle before you add us again. I'm not reading that again. To EF's point, Dob, I think there is a certain artistry to navigating a hockey puck around an animatronic King Kong. And that particular goal, scored for the Diogenes Four by today's guest, Pete Neptune, was, as a spectator, as cathartic a moment as I've ever experienced in the arts world. It was really a lot of fun. And of course, a really big congratulations to the actual champions of the tournament, the Caper Cutters, instructors from the Aggie Cheek Dance Studio in Verona, plus your castmate, Phoebe Gherkin. What was it like squaring off against the Cutters, Dobb? For my money, Phoebe looked fierce out on that ice. I'd say that's accurate, Waddle. If she wasn't out for blood, she's a very talented actor. That is certainly true. Been loving what she's doing with Hero. Love that our production is centering the Hero Claudio story. Love that Mason isn't lynching away from how difficult that relationship is. We're only one installment in so far, and though it is the season of romance, Love at First Sight rarely works out that well. Time may tell a far different story. Well, having been in rehearsals, let me assure you, the coming installments are going to prove that Phoebe is dynamite and a really great addition to the art community. Sharp, witty, on point. If precision were made human, it would look like Phoebe Gherkin. High praise. Credit where credit is due. Generous as always. We do have another message from a listener. Olivia Monk wrote us an email saying, Waddle, what's up with your directing ambitions? I hope you aren't giving up and that we'll see Waddleier in the near future. And Dob, I don't think I'm alone in being disappointed you passed up on Claudio. We listeners love the agency you give your characters. You certainly aren't alone, Olivia. Listeners, you embraced Waddleier last year and urged me to pursue the possibility of directing. Please do the same now to get Dob to audition for the next art show. Look, I love ART and I want to support the work it does, but I think I do it best as a producer. I don't need to act. The show will come along, Dob, that you won't be able to resist. And what about you? You were pretty reticent last year to admit to any directing ambitions. Are you embracing it now? I am embracing an interest in it, not an ambition. Everyone should stretch themselves now and again, try some new things, and directing is the undiscovered country I want to explore next, I think. In all of the hullabaloo surrounding changes at ART, precious little has been said about the decisions made regarding choosing directors. I think no one is in a hurry to take any action on what's coming next until Much Ado is well finished. We're already juggling a lot of changes. Changes, I would argue, for the better. But Mason has mentioned that the board is discussing a more formalized process. So hold on to your hashtags, folks. Public sentiment isn't getting anyone the gig this time around. Well, it's about time for tonight's installment to get started. What can we expect tonight, Waddle? It's a party atmosphere down at Leonardo's, in every sense of the word. 
yes, there's celebration in dancing, but also overindulgence, a lot of acting and speaking without thinking, hurt feelings, but just a whole lot of fun. I can't wait to hear it. And here it is. I Would You Did Like Me, the second installment of Arden Radio Theater's Much Ado About Nothing. All right, where were we? We were almost to the party. I was madly in love with you. The prince was going to talk to you. Right. So, my father set up this big dinner and masquerade because he was convinced that Don Pedro was going to propose. Everyone had a good time. That's what's always been so great about your dad. Everyone always has fun there. And not everyone. Not all the time. But it was a good dinner. Was not Count John here at supper? I saw it not. How tartly that gentleman looks. I never can see him, but I am heartburned an hour after. <laughs> he is of a very melancholy disposition. He were an excellent man that were made just in the midway between him and Benedict. <laughs> the one <laughs> is too like an image and says nothing, and the other well. too like my lady's eldest son, evermore tattling. Then half Signor Benedict's tongue in Count John's mouth and half Count John's melancholy in Signor Benedict's face. leg and a good foot, <laughs> uncle, and money enough in his purse. Such a man would win any woman in the world if he could get her goodwill. By my close knees, thou wilt never get the husband, if thou be so shrewd of thy tongue. Lord, I could not endure a husband with a beard on his face. You may light on a husband that hath no beard. What should I do with him? Dress him in my apparel and make him my waiting gentlewoman. <laughs> he that hath a beard is more than a youth, and he that hath no beard is less than a man. And he that is more than a youth is not for me. And he that is less than a man, I am not for him. <laughs> Well, well, niece, I trust you will be ruled by your yes. father. Faith, it is my cousin's duty to make curtsy and say, Father, as it please you. But yet, for all that cousin, let him be a handsome fellow, or else make another curtsy and say, Father, as it please me. <laughs> I hope to see you one day fitted with a husband. Not till God make men of some other metal than earth. Would it not grieve a woman to be overmastered with a piece of valiant dust? No, uncle, I'll none. Adam's sons are my brethren, and truly I hold it a sin to match in my kindred. Daughter, remember what I told you. If the prince do solicit you in that kind, you know your answer. The fault will be in the music, cousin, if you be not wooed in good time. If the prince be too important, tell him there is measure in everything, and so dance out the answer. For hear me, hero, wooing, wedding, and repenting is as a scotch jig, a measure, and a syncopace. The first suit is hot and hasty, like a scotch jig, the wedding mannerly modest as a measure, and then comes repentance, and with his bad legs falls into the syncopace, faster and faster, till he sink into his grave. <laughs> Cousin, 
You apprehend passing shrewdly. Have a good eye, Uncle. I can see a church by daylight. Oh, oh, the revelers are entering. Sister, make good room. We were still tying on our masks when you all came in. And the party really got started. It got louder anyway. Once costumes were on and people could pretend like they didn't know who everyone was. Pretend? You had no idea that it was the prince and not me. Of course I knew. It was a bed sheet and a Caesar mask. He didn't undergo plastic surgery or add a three inches to his height. Do you really think everybody didn't know who everyone was? I obviously I don't think that now. <laughs> yeah, everyone knew you were the dragon pouting in the corner. Anyway, once people thought they were disguised, things got crazier and sillier. It was like a circus. <laughs> Lady, will you walk about with your friends? So you walk softly and look sweetly and say nothing. I am yours for the walk, and especially when I walk away. With me in your company? Mm -hmm. I may say so when I please. And when please you to say so. When I like your favor. Speak low if you speak low. <laughs> I suppose you're disappointed when you find out the prince was talking for me. No. Surprised, maybe. But pleasantly surprised. Anyway, it was a great party. One of those parties where you have the sense that anything could happen. And everyone is laughing and flirting and dancing. Well, I would you did like me. So would I, not for your own sake, for I have many ill qualities. Which is one? I say my prayers aloud. I love you the better. The hearers may cry amen. God match me with a good dancer. Amen. And God keep him out of my sight when the dance is done. Answer, clerk. No more words. The clerk is answered. Wait. Are you saying Beatrice knew who Ben was as well? Of course. I am 100% sure he still thinks she had no idea she was talking to him. <laughs> will you not tell me who told you so? No, you shall pardon me. Nor will you not tell me who you are? Now. That I was disdainful. Well... This was Signor Benedict that said so. What's he? I am sure you know him well enough. Not I, believe me. Did he never make you laugh? I pray you, what is he? Why, he is the Princess Jester, a very dull fool. Only his gift is in devising impossible slanders. None but libertines delight in him, and the commendation is not in his wit, but in his villainy. For he both pleases men and angers them, and then they laugh at him and beat him. I am sure he is in the fleet. I would he had boarded me. When I know the gentleman, I'll tell him what you say. Do, do, he'll but break a comparison or two on me, which peradventure, not marked or not laughed at, strikes him into melancholy. We must follow the leaders in every good thing. Nay, if they lead to any ill, I will leave them at the next turning. Good grief, those two. They always act like that. I 
I don't remember them fighting so much. At least not that night. Why were you hiding anyway? I never saw you until the end of the night. I was watching Don Pedro and you walking through the garden, talking. I didn't want anyone to see me in case you said no. I was a nervous wreck, something which Don John and his henchmen were too happy to notice. That is Claudio. I know him by his parents. Are not you Signor Benedict? You know me well. I am he. Signor, you are very near my brother in his love. He is enamored on Hero. I pray you dissuade him from her. She is no equal for his birth. Oh no, you he loves her. I heard him swear his affection. So, so did I too. And he swore he would marry her tonight. Come, let us to the banquet. Mm. <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> this answer, I am the name of Benedict, but hear these ill news with the ears of Claudio. It's certain so, the prince woos for himself. Ship is constant in all other things, save in the office and affairs of love. There's an accident of hourly proof, which I mistrusted not. Farewell, therefore, here. You were a total moron. Yep. When Benedict came up to me, I could have killed him. He looked so damn happy, and I was so miserable. Count Claudio! <laughs> Yay, the same. Come, will you go with me? Whither? Even to the next willow, about your own business, county. What fashion will you wear the garland of? You must wear it one way, for the prince hath got your hero. Oh, I wish him joy of her. But did you think the prince would have served you thus? I pray you leave me. Oh, now you strike like the blind man. Twas the boy that stole your meat, and you'll beat the post. If it will not be, I'll leave you. Alas, poor hurt foul. But that my lady Beatrice should know me and not know me. The prince is fool. <laughs> and maybe I go under that title because I am merry. Yea, but so I am apt to do myself wrong. I am not so reputed. Well, I'll be revenged as I may. Now, Signor, where's the Count? Did you see him? Troth, my lord, I told him, and I think I told him true, that your grace had got the goodwill of this young lady, and I offered him my company to a willow tree, either to make him a garland as being forsaken, or to bind him up a rod as being worthy to be whipped. To be whipped? What's his fault? The flat transgression of a schoolboy, who being overjoyed with finding a bird's nest, shows it his companion, and he steals it. The transgression is in the stealer. Yet it had not been amiss the rod had been made. For the rod he might have bestowed on you, who, as I take it, have stolen his bird's nest. I will but teach them to sing and restore them to the owner. If their singing answer your saying, by my faith you say honestly. The Lady Beatrice hath a quarrel to you. The gentleman that danced with her told her she is much wronged by you. Oh, she misused me past the endurance of a block. An oak, but with one green leaf on it, would have answered her. She told me, not thinking I had been myself, that I was the prince's jester, hurtling jest upon jest with such impossible conveyance upon me that I stood like a man at a mark, and with a whole army shooting at me. She, she speaks poniards and every word stabs. If her breath were as terrible as her terminations, there were no living near her. She would infect to the North Star. 
I would not marry her, though she were endowed with all that Adam had left him before he transgressed. Come, talk not of her. I would to God some scholar could conjure her, for certainly, while she is here, a man may live as quiet in hell as in sanctuary. And people sin upon purpose, because they would go thither. So indeed, all disquiet horror and perturbation follows her. Look, here she comes. Will your grace command me any service to the world's end? I will go on the slightest errand now to the antipodes that you can devise to send me on. I will fetch you a toothpicker now from the furthest inch of Asia, fetch you a hair off the great Cham's beard, do you any embassage to the pygmies, rather than hold three words conference with this harpy. You have no employment for me? None but to desire your good company. Oh, God, sir, here's a dish I love not. I cannot endure my lady tongue. Oh, come, lady, come. You have lost the heart of Signor Benedict. Indeed, my lord. He lent it me a while, and I gave him use for it. A double heart for his single one. Mary once before he won it of me with false dice. Therefore your grace may well say I have lost it. Well, you have put him down, lady. You have put him down. So I would not he should do me, my lord, lest I should prove the mother of fools. I have brought Count Claudio, whom you sent me to see. Why, how now, Count? Wherefore are you sad? Not, not sad, my lord. How then? Sick? Neither, my lord. The Count is neither sad, nor sick, nor merry, nor well, but something of that jealous complexion. I thought you were disappointed. That the prince had wanted me to marry you, but that you didn't really care. What? No, I've never cared so much. I think I was literally crazy for you. <laughs> you weren't thinking straight, that's for sure. If faith, lady, I think you're blazoned to be true, though I'll be sworn if he be so, his conceit is false. Here, Claudio, I have wooed in thy name, and fair hero is one. I have broke with her father, and his goodwill obtained. Name the day of marriage, and God give thee joy. Count, take of me my daughter, and with her my fortunes. His grace hath made the match, and all grace say amen to it. Speak, Count, tis your cue. <laughs> Silence is the perfectest herald of joy. I were but little happy if I could say how much. Lady, as you were mine, I am yours. I give away myself for you, and dote upon the exchange. Speak, cousin, or if you cannot, stop his mouth with a kiss, and let him not speak neither. In faith, lady, you have a merry heart. Yea, my lord, I thank it. Poor fool, it keeps on the windy side of care. My cousin tells him in his ear that he is in her heart. So she doth, cousin. Thus goes everyone to the world but I. I may sit in a corner and cry, hey-ho for a husband. Lady Beatrice, I will get you one. I would rather have one of your father's getting. Hath your grace ne'er a brother like you? Your father got excellent husbands if a maid could come by them. Will you have me, lady? No, my lord. Unless I might have another for working days. Your grace is too costly to wear every day, but I beseech your grace, pardon me. I was born to speak all mirth and no matter. Your silence most offends me. 
and to be merry best becomes you, for out of question you were born in a merry hour. No, sure, my lord, my mother cried. But then there was a star danced, and under that was I born. Cousins, God give you joy. Niece, will you look to those things I told you of? I cry you mercy, uncle, by your grace's pardon. My heart broke for the prince. I think he truly loved her. Maybe. I didn't even realize how awkward it was. I was so busy being happy. I was amazed by you. By my troth, a pleasant-spirited lady. There's little of the melancholy element in her, my lord. She cannot endure to hear tell of a husband. Oh, by no means. She mocks all her wooers out of suit. She were an excellent wife for Benedict. Oh, Lord, my Lord. If they were but a week married, they would talk themselves mad. County Claudio, when mean you to go to church? Tomorrow, my Lord. Time goes on crutches till love have all his rights. Not till Monday, my dear son. Which is a time too brief to have all things answer my mind? Come, you shake the head at so long a breathing, but I warn thee, Claudio, the time shall not go dully by us. I will, in the interim, undertake one of Hercules' labors, which is to bring Signor Benedict and the Lady Beatrice into a mountain of affection, the one with the other. And I would fain have it a match, and I doubt not but to fashion it, if you three will but minister such assistance as I shall give you direction. My lord, I am for you, though it cost me ten nights watching. And I, my lord. And you too, gentle hero? I will do any modest office, my lord, to help my cousin to a good husband. And Benedict is not the unhopefulest husband that I know. I will teach you how to humor your cousin, that she shall fall in love with Benedict, and I, with your two helps, will so practice on Benedict that he shall fall in love with Beatrice. If we can do this... Cupid is no longer an archer. His glory shall be ours, for we are the only love gods. Go in with me, and I will tell you my drift. Everything was going to be great. We were getting married. Beatrice is going to be happy. We would get to make fun of Benedict mercilessly. <laughs> but, oh, how bright things come to confusion. That was surprisingly moving. And there's a real tenderness to this production that I find really baffling coming from Mason. Waddle and Pete Neptune will be here shortly for today's interview. In the meantime, here's this week's line of the week. I was born to speak all mirth and no matter. Mention the line of the week at Morning Lark Diner for half off their waffle of the week. This week's waffle is, of course, the Don Pedro. A chocolate chip waffle covered in sliced strawberries and drizzled with Neptune's honey. Hey, Pete. Great to have you back in the studio. Well, hey, Dob. Great to be here. Some really great work from you tonight. Do you feel like a pro now that you have a show under your belt, or do you still consider yourself the new kid on the block? <laughs> pro, pro might be uh, going a little far there, Dob. Uh, it's, start, it's certainly starting to feel a little more uh, natural and, and familiar. Uh, you know, I... I I was uh, I was thrown straight into the witch's cauldron in Mackers, so to speak, um, and uh, after the gloomy atmosphere of Mackers has dissipated, um, you know it is starting to feel a little more comfortable. Maybe it's just the benefits of doing a, a, a comedy, you know, a, a little more lighthearted, just a straight up love story. But uh, it's feeling good. 
Speaking of love stories, I've been really intrigued by some things Mason has said in rehearsal. He made the suggestion that in tonight's uh, installment, the prince may have been making a, a sincere proposal to Beatrice and may actually have been in love with her. What was your take on that? Yeah, well, certainly, I think just from an actor perspective, um, as I start to learn more about these things, it is more interesting for me to think about the prince having, you know, as as he's trying to bring everybody together, he's matchmaking for Claudio. You know, he eventually uh, devises this scheme to get Beatrice and Benedict together, but but that he has feelings of his own. You know, I think that he does have true feelings for Beatrice and that it was a sincere uh, proposal. Um, and then at the, at the end, even though he's so happy that everybody um, gets together, he's he ends up alone and is maybe a little bit lonely. I feel like in most production, it's a here and then gone moment. But the way you played it tonight, I'm wondering if we're going to get some repercussions later in the in the show. <laughs> well, I think you're going to have to wait for the sequel for that one. Yeah, little ado about something. <laughs> No ado about a lot. <laughs> uh, well, how would you uh, compare Steven Spalberg and Mason Birch as directors? Are th is there anxiety for performing uh, with a first-time director? Well, oh my gosh, not at all, not at all. I mean, we all have to start somewhere. Uh, you know, I was new to this whole acting gig just last fall. Um and uh, and I was welcomed with with open arms and uh, shown the way. Um, so we're we're all rooting for Mason and supporting what he's trying to do. Um, and also they're they're very different directors, Mason and Steve, um, directing very different shows as we just pointed out. So um, so I would say they're different, but I wouldn't call either of them uh, better. Of course, Pete, you are a man of many talents. A renaissance man, even. Well. So, aside from ART, you've actually been really busy in Arden County's music scene. You've been stepping in on occasion to drum for Cattywampus Rumpus Room and the Peafowl, and the rumors you might be starting your own group. Any truth to that? Well, I, I love the Cattywampus Rumpus Room, and, uh, and I'm still going to be jamming with them when time permits. Uh, the Peafowl, I'm just filling in while uh, Theo Snout's wrist heals, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to start up a little quarterly concert series out here at Neptune's Honey, and uh, I just wanted to start it off with a group of friends that I've been jamming with for a while. Uh, we're called Peter Quince and the Duke Hat Five, and I think we'll mostly be just taking one-off gigs that appeal to us. Um, you know, we got Mead Gander in the group, Celia Tittle, Collins, I call her, Cliff Dover of the Peafowl, and uh, some friends of mine down from Rome Way, Jason and Argo Fleece. That's an incredible lineup. I mean, it's like an Arden County superhero. Yeah, well, it's a very traveling Willberries, yeah. We'll uh, we'll play together when we all feel like it and won't when we don't. It's uh, it's for the fun of the thing, not for fame or fortune. I mean, I will say you do sort of have a George Harrison quality to you or or Tom Petty. Are you a Dylan? Wow. You uh, you really know your Willberries there, Maddie. I've been studying. And can you talk to us a little bit about the sound that the Ducat 5 have? Uh, sure. We're, um, I'd say we're like a cross between Joan Baez and the New York Dolls. 
That's no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the the traveling Wilburys is not a is not a, a far off sort of comparison. There's a lot of classic uh, classic rock influences. Throw in maybe a little bit of um, the the softer folkier stuff that that Dylan brought. But um, yeah, we we like that classic rock kind of sound. Great. It must be great also just working with a group of people who are all at the top of their game, sort of like it is working on an art production. Um, do you feel like there's really a, a wide variance in sort of the personalities of all these different groups you work with? Yeah, well, I don't know if you've ever gotten in a, in a room full of, of musicians. There's always going to be strong personalities and, um, and, and the archetypes sort of ring true. The you know, the lead singer is usually its own sort of personality as opposed to the drummer, as opposed to the person who plays guitar. Um, so there's it. it's always a lot of fun. But, you know, sometimes there are always personalities to navigate. What about you, Pete? Because it seems like each group, you have a different one of those. Do you just kind of step into whichever role is appropriate or are you always just, you know, Pete Neptune? Oh, Pete's going to be Pete. Pete just Pete. Pete flows. A Pete's got a Pete, maybe even repeat. Hey, oh, <laughs> moving on a little bit. Um, in among the many things you're doing, Neptune's Honey has really emerged as sort of a boho salon for Arden County's artists and thinkers. Is that been an intentional move or is that just evolving organically? Maddie, you make it sound so fancy and French. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, a little of both, I guess. I'm, I think it's fair to say I'm gregarious by nature and I like having people around, uh, interesting people, especially. Um, and I, I have been having some good friends and pretty smart people over on Thursday mornings for, for a little coffee and uh, some intellectual conversation. Uh, and it just seems mean to be selfish about that. So we are going to consider opening that up to the public. Uh, but we'll see, you know, time will tell. Um, but really, I'm just I'm just a more a more the merrier kind of guy. So I'll take any excuse to get the tasting room packed up to the gills with happy and interesting people. Well, you uh, certainly stepped up and offered some art nights while uh, Claude's studio was out of commission. And um, certainly at this point, you're no stranger to having overlapping spheres of influence with uh, other Arden County uh, vendors. Uh, are we going to see that continue, especially the art nights uh, as Claude rebuilds? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. You know, Claude Perkowski is a, a, a titan of the Arden County art world. Um, so I think he's got that market pretty well cornered. Um, and Claude and I are friends and I want to support anything he does. So I'll, I'll be here while he rebuilds. But when he's back up and running, I want to see him. I want to see him, you know, uh, doing well as, as anybody else does Are there any uh, uh stray feelings there about um perhaps other people moving into your area that is bleeding into not wanting to move into other people's well it seems um it's probably not something i want to bring into the public sphere there fair enough if that gives you any indication on my feelings on the subject <laughs> always the gentleman so we, you've got the art nights have been happening, a possible concert series, and of course, the event of the season, the reception for the upcoming Mott slash Cabbage Wedding. And 
I understand there's even some other events you have in the planning. Um, so where do you see Neptune's Honey going as a venue? Well, I think we're going to leave that up to the the folks that like the place and want to use it. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a I'm a fan of music, and I love having an outdoor concert, um, and uh, and I've enjoyed uh, producing these this outdoor concert series over here at Neptune's Honey. I'll, I'll always be open to that, and I just think it's it's the most beautiful place in the world, you know. And uh, watching the sunset over there, by the hives with the creek babbling away, it's a uh, well, it's a little slice of paradise, and I'm happy to share that with anyone and everyone. I mean, I have to say, I think it's gorgeous there when I've attended events. Uh, you really, it has that piece, and you can only get that in Rome. But it's not technically in Rome. Well, technically, the apiary is in Rome, and the tasting room is outside of both Rome uh, and Verona. It's, 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 uh, it's kind of like Arden County, Switzerland. Um, but you know, you know, Rome gets kind of a bad rap. Um, now it has its own flavor. It's, it's unlike anywhere else in Arden County. Um, you know, my cabin is across the creek from the hives in Rome and I love it there. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else in the world. Um, and besides some of my favorite people grew up in Rome. But haven't you been affected by the vulture problem Rome has? Rome doesn't have a vulture problem. You know, the, the problem is people just don't like vultures, but there isn't anything wrong with them. No, you just gotta keep moving when you're outside. It isn't nice to tease them and, and, and make them think that they're getting a meal when they're not. I mean, anybody would be grumpy about that. Exactly, and the vultures were there first. I mean, we need to embrace what is already there instead of trying to bend everything to our will. That's what's great about Rome. It is the last wild place in Arden County. I couldn't agree more. And why can't we just leave it wild and none of us have to go there? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm halfway agree with you there. You know, I think we should leave it wild. Don't, don't, let's not do too much developing. And, um, but I want to go there because I, I like to be a little wild sometimes. <laughs> well... What uh, what do you see as being the next uh, step for Pete Neptune in ART world? Are you going to keep on auditioning? Well, sure. I mean, I've been having a great time, um, so I think I will when I can. But there are probably some some other areas I want to focus on. Um, and like Maddie says, everyone should stretch themselves sometimes. All right. Um, is that feeling driven at all by uh, having a vastly different experience uh, with uh, the inexperienced leadership of Much Ado as compared to the old steady hand of the Scottish play? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. All the changes are, are for the better. Um, but just a lot of exciting things and opportunities around. Agreed. Well, lastly, Pete, Valentine's Day is coming up. Any plans? <laughs> well, uh, I expect I'll be spending Valentine's under the stars with a bottle of mead wandering the apple orchard. Uh, you know, an apple orchard can be an amazing place in the gloaming. And will you be wandering alone? Well, early days yet, Dobbins, early days. Well then, I guess there's nothing left to do but ask the Shakespeare question. Every week we pull a random Shakespeare question from a bag and have our guests... Take a stab at answering it. Here's tonight's. 
All right. Let's see. What will it be? Oh, I'm nervous. All right. Tonight's question comes from Antony and Cleopatra. What's your pleasure, sir? What's your pleasure, sir? Well, I'm going to go back to something I said earlier, which is I might not want to just bring that out into the public sphere, if you know what I mean. All right, that's a joke. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I think I just said it, grabbing grabbing a, a pint of meat and walking through the orchard in the gloaming. What could be better than that? Very that good. Great. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Maybe not in Rome. But we'll be back next week with the next installment of Much Ado About Nothing and an interview with the scheming Baraccio, Benedict Mott. Until then, this show is our show. And these dogs are my dogs. We're Waddle. And Dob. And this has been The Horned Moon Presents. Thanks once again for joining us for The Horned Moon Presents, which is written by Merlin Cusell and directed and produced by me, Marshall B. Garrett. Merlin plays Waddle and I play Dob. Our guest this week was Jono Island playing Pete Neptune. Our music, including this week's new track, The Good Foot Shuffle, is by J. Andrew Dickinson, mixed by Eric Bostick. If you've been enjoying our show this season, tell someone about us. Rate and review on your podcast app, or just grab your friend's phone and download the next episode for them. Now fare you well, for now our show is done. Until next week, when Pedro's web is spun. Ours be your patience, friends, and yours our parts. Your gentle ears lend us, and take our hearts. <laughs> <laughs>